The Warriors All 82 podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts and definitely tend to drop when they're 1-4 and heading towards the lottery? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Who knows, you might even see the Warriors get their first win in the Chase Center at some point in the next few months. Hello and welcome back to another thrilling edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I had to get an expert analyst to break down this Warriors team, so I called Nate Duncan. You ready? Um, I will admit that I spent the whole third quarter watching the end of Lakers Mavs on my computer. Uh, uh, I, I, I had that on my phone. I mean, I was watching. You can watch both. It's 2019. You can multitask. Yeah, well, you have two eyes. You watch one game with each eye. Uh, uh, There's enough overlapping timeouts. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you can kind of shift back and forth but uh so yeah i don't know what was the question again i'm not sure there was a question i'm just kind of floating floating everything out into the world um warriors got pounded tonight the Uh, the question how many times will draymond green use the phrase it is what it is in an interview uh, the rest of the season better question how many times will draymond green incur a body blow because that is now three and five games the elbow in the opener which forced him to leave the back issue he had when Devin Booker, that might have been somewhat of a sell job because he got a technical afterwards, but lower back was you know, flaring up. Uh, and tonight he comes in with a finger wrap postgame. We'll get to the game soon, but he is, has a finger wrap. Casually mentions it's a ligament issue. He couldn't grip the ball. Didn't want to give us any official word on the injury. But, um, I mean, yeah. look, he's going to sit some games this year. He's going to sit a good chunk of games. And he needs to get his body right for games that matter because these games don't really matter anymore. Uh, well, they do. L's matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they can get them with him on the court. I mean, big, uh, big, some big wins for the Warriors uh, tonight. Sacramento getting their first win. That's uh, that's pretty important for the Warriors. The uh, Jason Tatum jumper in your, uh, over yeah. the Knicks. That one hurt. Yeah. No, that that was tough. Um, yeah. I mean. It may just be that with his style, he always had these issues, and now that it doesn't matter, he's just being forthcoming about them too. Like you know, it's so that's uh, yeah. I mean, certainly there's the talk before the game of how Draymond is going to be uh, load manage, and he's going to miss some games, and they want to keep him healthy and all that. So, uh, and I mean, here's the other thing: does it really even matter that much if he's out there? Like, is he really helping that much? I would say just like the presence probably helps these young guys, the teaching, the comfort around Draymond, getting used to Draymond. You know, and I'm talking more in a wider scope, not like yeah. this is helping them, you know, cut the Spurs deficit from 12 to 8. More like, you know, they need to learn professional basketball. And if like Draymond at his best or even at 80%, like trying to show them, well, that's the rotation. I made this rotation. You need to make this rotation. Like, I think that matters. Yeah, no, I, I think from maybe a learning perspective it does, but you know he was uh, one of the lower plus minus guys on the team last uh, uh, tonight. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't help that he first was decoupled from Steph and now he's decoupled from D'Angelo to you know his 
when the Kai Bowman minutes is when he's out there just oh, to the give Kai them. Kai Bowman minutes were not terrific tonight. No. No, they weren't. Uh, but, uh, I mean, and what the hell are they going to do when Bowman and Damian Lee, like, run out of service time and they have to go back to the G League? I mean, who, the, there's no backup point guard. I guess Draymond has to be the backup point guard, right? Yeah. Um, if Marquise Chris proves irrelevant, that roster spot remains very flexible. Yeah, and you would imagine, I mean, Chris, to me, although he's like kind of a bouncy guy, he's not under contract pass this year. He won't be restricted at the end of the year. So if he plays well, he'll price himself out of the Warriors market. I don't think just as like kind of an undersized center, essentially, uh, that he has a ton of upside. So I, I would probably be looking to improve that roster spot for them. I mean, they're, you know, they're very light anyway. Who knows when Looney is going to come back. But if Looney does come back, I think he kind of becomes superfluous and you just want to get someone who can be maybe a part of this group long term. And one of the things that I was talking about with uh, Danny LaRue pregame was something I was reminded of in Quinn Snyder's first year in Utah where they would, he actually would have the team practice you know, more than NBA teams would normally practice, essentially realizing that that was probably going to hurt them in their games. But that, hey, you know what, you just need to learn what the hell you're doing, and you can do that in practice better than you can just throwing you out there in a game where you're just trying to stay above water and making mistakes. So, you know, maybe we'll see kind of that approach of just, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to practice more. You know, Draymond probably wouldn't be a part of that, but, you know, he'll be there. We'll get these young guys to kind of be on the same page, learn how to play NBA defense, and, hey, if it hurts you on the floor, you weren't going to win anyway. Yeah, and as far as the the Bowman point about who will play back at point guard, Jacob Evans, you know, he has the adductor strain. I think he'll probably be, maybe let's say he's back in a month. I mean, the 45 days aren't up by then. Um, so he will get back at point guard minutes once he returns. And he was, like, mildly encouraging, I'd say, in the first few games. He had that good opener. Um, anything, before I get to wider scope things, anything from this particular game, this Spurs loss where they got, you know, they kept it close. I think they were down two at half, got blown out in the second half. Uh, anything stick out to you? D'Angelo Russell looked much more comfortable, uh, and I think this type of game, this is the type of game that got him paid, frankly, right? I mean, this uh, 9 out of 24 did show some nice ability to kind of get some BS free throws. He got 10 free throws, which is yeah. a bunch for him. Yeah, no, I mean, he was, like, going through people's arms, doing the Harden, getting guys on his back, pick up a foul on Derek White. Derek White's a pretty good defender. Uh, he was able to get his shot off, uh, cooled off a little bit as time went on. He had 14 in the first quarter uh, and three assists. But, you know, 9 out of 24, 30 points on 29 shooting possessions. Like, you know, that's kind of the good D'Angelo game. Maybe he's fluctuates a little bit of efficiency, but he's, you know, he's never going to put up these, you know, 25 points uh, on 12 shots type of games that you're used to from Steph and KD. But, he might occasionally, but it's not like the norm at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, he just creates a lot of shots. And, you know, they were only negative six, I think, when he was on the floor tonight. He certainly makes this team better out there. They desperately need his type of floor raising that he can provide. I didn't feel like his fit because the Warriors, to me, didn't need that at full strength. But now, if they're, you're just trying to like be respectable, he can help you do that and hopefully boost the old trade value. Yeah. All right, I kind of want to do um, just go down the list of, of some of these Warriors pieces. Sure. Um, and just your quick thoughts on their game and long-term. Because this 
season, as we both know, now becomes about like who matters in the next season, who will even be on the roster going into next season. Um, and I want to start with the guy who's probably been the most encouraging from a young player perspective, Pascal. Uh, 41st overall pick at this point seems like a very good pick he had 20 the other night in that like devastating disastrous night although you know if we're actually talking uh long term for the franchise <laughs> it might not have been but the blowout loss to the spurt or Suns when they lost uh steph uh Pas- pascal to me is surprised with his offensive force the way you know he's had some dunks where it's like pretty physical go up and and dunk on somebody uh even though he's only like six six uh he's like i said the assertiveness he's still obviously limitations the jumper teams will just give it to him he's not really hitting it that well um what do you think already about him yeah you know i was was talking to someone on the coaching staff before the game and uh, they are very pleased with his ability to finish inside like you mentioned uh, I was impressed by that as well. I mean, he had a, a couple of dunks in that Phoenix game. I mean, you know, it's Frank Kaminsky, but, you know, that's like a center-sized guy, close to a center-sized guy. He just moved him out of the way, dunked it. Like, in that game, um, the shot is not quite there yet. You know, I think that there's an acknowledgement that that's something that's going to really need to improve, especially as you look at him being a piece around some of their core players. You know, can he be something other than just – a backup for Draymond Green, you know, kind of competing with Looney as a small ball center playing with Green to, you know, can he be more than that? Yeah, he's going to have to be more of a threat from outside. But, you know, he's got some nice verticality defensively. He didn't have great steal and block numbers at Villanova, but he's actually made a few plays here and there. I'd like to see a little more from him. Positional defender. He had that one play the other, uh, it was, I think, first quarter, because he started, actually, in the Suns game where I don't remember who it was, drove baseline on him, really kind of stoned him verticality the guy like kind of flobbed one off the off the side of the backboard and you know didn't get the call and I was like that's not a steal or a block but that's a very good defensive play yeah and maybe I mean they're gonna be searching desperately for something defensively this season and maybe him Draymond GR3 Alec Burks and Russell could be a unit they could throw out there or maybe even Cauley Stein, frankly, and just see if Cauley Stein can switch a little bit. That's what he was supposed to be able to do at Kentucky and just say, you know, Russell, you're gonna, we're going to run a bunch of pick and roll. They did more pick and roll tonight, and we're going to get all these big, like, switchable dudes out there, and maybe that's the, the way that we're going to come up with some passable defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly for the number 41 overall pick, uh, you have to be pleased uh, with his performance so far. Jordan Poole, the other rookie that's playing. There actually is a third rookie, Alan Smilagic. I've only seen him kind of wandering around in a walking boot. Uh, had like a suit on that seemed to be just purchased from like the local men's warehouse or something. Uh, but the first rounder who went before Pascal, um, Jordan Poole, he hit four threes. Um, but he was, I, I wish I had the full stat sheet in front of me. These are only what, first through the fourth. Um, but again, the jumper looks good. The offense... The offensive feel looks solid, but everything else, obviously, he looks very much like a 20-year-old. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll, like, make some plays defensively every once in a while, getting in the passing lanes, but... You were really down on him defensively. Are you less down on him? No. <laughs> I mean, there's there's he's going to get overpowered physically. Yeah. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. He's a little spacey. I mean, he, he has a good feel for the game in some respects, but he also, you know, his level of concentration is not very high you know I, I think he can read things at times but he just kind of spaces out um and i mean the 
whether he can do anything at all inside the arc. I mean, he was 2 of 18 from 2 coming into tonight's game. I forget what he was tonight. Um, Hit at least two twos tonight. (laughs) Looking down. Yeah. Yeah, we're... uh, uh, But he... he, uh, You know, he's just not... If he were just a little bit more athletic as a finisher, I might feel better about him. You know, he really can, like, barely get up and dunk even on, like, a fast break. So, you know, I like the shot, and he's got a pretty high skill. The question to me is, is he going to be a 33% shooter who just gets a lot of three-point shots up? Or is he going to be, all right, when he's open, he makes 40%, and, you know, maybe he can make some contested ones at 34%. But because of his athletic and defensive limitations, he can't just be like, you know, an okay shooter and shot creator. I mean, that that ultimately is a losing player, even if we're talking about him two or three years from now. Um, He's got to be like a sharp shooter. Like, yeah. like his, his reputation needs to become like, oh, uh, do not leave him open, basically, um, for him to become, I would say, like, you know, a, a winning type role player. And that's what they need going into next year. You know, th- this – season they need guys like Jordan Poole who are just going to get up a bunch of shots and might get hot some nights uh, but next season they're going to need guys that contribute to winning and that's kind of the main thing yeah three of six from two today by the way in case you're wondering um well the main thing with his twos is most of his twos are jumpers you know what I mean there's oh, not sure. a lot yeah. at the rack yeah unless he's just getting straight out on the fast break um yeah all right, next guy, um, Glenn Robinson. So this is what I think team four or five for Glenn Robinson. Team third, third team. I no, 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 no. Sixers, oh. Sixers, Wolves, Pacers, Pistons. Oh, this is team five. Oh He's yeah, th- oh, I forgot he was on the Sixers. Yeah, wow, that's briefly, briefly. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I thought in the opener he defended Kawhi like reasonably well. Um, which was encouraging. Like, okay, you know, they kind of need a wing defender on the team. But now, especially now that they have no playoff aspirations, really, um, it doesn't matter if they shut down a guy like Kawhi because it doesn't really matter if they win. And, and Glenn Robinson, to me, doesn't have very high a ceiling. The offense has been, I would say, worse yeah. than I expected. Uh, he's not finishing at the rim at all. He's He's been dropping balls. Um, what What do you think of him? Well, I think his athleticism – while still good, is not where it was back in his dunk contest days. Uh, I think the the severe ankle injury that he had a couple of years ago with the Pacers, and then there's always the question too of whether he's actually going to make shots or not. And it's tough to know that. I mean, he he really has not been. They've not been generating many open shots for him. Uh, their fast break is terrible now. You know, they they are not this great fast breaking team. I mean, that's one thing we haven't seen at all. Is like. Draymond getting the rebound and be like, I'm going to push the ball down the floor as, as fast as possible. That's, uh, I, I think well, his the, point guard's slow. Yeah, yeah. Russell is, is a very slow, fast break player. I mean, that, that's one, uh, an underrated weakness, perhaps. Uh, he plays at like the opposite speed of Russell Westbrook. He almost has the opposite game of Russell Westbrook, you know, like more like touch, floaters, like smooth threes, you know, kind of gliding into stuff. Whereas, I mean, Russell's just banging stuff off the backboard, but he's just like breakneck speed, which, you know, yeah. obviously Russell Westbrook is historically the much better player. Yeah, but uh, so, but back to Robinson, I think. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, Sorry, that's all right. That's all right. No, I want to keep us on track. I want to get us out of here. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be back here for a Hornets game in like 20 hours. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think Robinson may be the best outcome for him because he's only on a one year deal. is he plays well enough in a 3 and D role that they could like move him and the deadline? For, even if it's just move him for you know cuz he's on a minimum contract you can just trade him to anybody maybe just move him 
just to get his salary off the books and get more space under the hard cap to just try out some younger guys who might be on longer deals that that they could have uh you know be a part of things i mean it's unlikely that he would come back they won't have any kind of rights to him they'd have to break into an exception to bring him back next year um and but yeah i think the defense has been relatively encouraging we'll just see whether he makes some shots or not but it's just it's tough for him to create shots uh at this point in time especially because they don't fast break a guy who can create shots, and I've actually been pretty impressed with through two games now, Alec Burks, back from his ankle yeah. issues. Uh, you know, he was good in the Suns game, kind of helped that comeback shooting. His plus-minus terrible tonight, but, um, you know, made shots on a team that needs a playmaker. Uh, along those same lines, we don't need to dive deep into Alec Burks because he's not young, he's not really a part of the future. But you kind of mentioned it. Do you think Alec Burks can play well enough to net them like a, a second rounder? Yeah, I mean, it does. It does seem kind of tough. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a team that would want both Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, right? And you got I mean, one second rounder for both. Uh, yeah, I mean, and a bad second rounder even for that. But you know, I mean, they do need some kind of currency here just to refill the coffers to make like moves around the margins. Uh, you know, they don't have any second rounders really. They don't have any cash left. Um, but you know, Burks does provide an element for this team of getting to the basket. I mean, he's probably the best driver on this team right now. I mean, just someone who can attack the basket off the dribble they just don't have on it's this It's pretty team. bad when Alex Burke gets out there and you're like, ooh, Alex Burks, like they actually like are getting something. Yeah. No, I mean while he was like not a rotation player for a couple teams last year. Yeah. And you know, maybe health is always an issue for him. He's coming back from that ankle injury. He had a, a devastating ankle injury a couple of years ago that really you know, kind of. I mean, he, he got a four-year, forty million dollar contract back when forty million dollars meant something uh, from Utah, and then he, he suffered those injuries, and he's never really been the same after that. Hey, but forty million dollars yeah. still means something. It means less, <laughs> yeah. but it means something. <laughs> well, that was like that was like starter money back yeah. then. You know, that was like we are bringing. We think this guy is our starting two guard. He is here. a scorer. Now he doesn't really seem to want to do much else, but he is a scorer. Yeah, and his individual defense isn't atrocious. I mean, he's also playing the three as well, but that might be a good matchup for him, at least on offense, to get by slower players. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty unlikely. I mean, again, maybe maybe it could just be a situation where another team would just take him as a depth piece and they could just get someone in who might be, uh, you know, sign a two-year deal with a second-year non-guaranteed out of the G League and just, you know, have have some or somebody who could conceivably be part of the future, even if they're less talented. Omari Spellman. Yeah, Spellman, you know... They've picked up his options, so he's under contract for next season. Yeah, I mean, I think there really there wasn't a huge reason not to do that, if only because they're going to be over the cap regardless. And, you know, maybe, maybe it might be bad for them if they're in the tax and they wanted to just save that money. But, I mean, he... Has shown a little bit more effort. You know, he continues to get he's into good a in the New Orleans game. Yeah. yeah, he's good in that he's game. Under two hundred sixty pounds, I have heard. Yeah. So uh, now the problem with him offensively is it just takes him forever to load up to finish. Uh, but oh yeah, remember the yeah. the Oklahoma City game where D'Angelo dropped one off, and not only did he wait <laughs> like three seconds, gather slowly, go up, but he got pin blocked by Danilo Gallinari. Pin blocked. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. But the, the coaching staff's been working it with him on some of those Tim Duncan finishes, just catch it, keep the ball above your head, finish quickly. You know, because he's like, oh, man, I'm going to get blocked. I got to, like, really load up and jump as high as I can. It's like, 
well, the defense is there already, and you're not that high of a leap that you're going to just jump over people. So you need to just get faster at that. So the coaching staff is working with him on that before the game uh, on Wednesday and tonight. His three-point shooting will be a swing skill, but he, he can block some shots, could, could get a little bit better on the boards. I mean, there, there's I always liken him to former Warrior most spates, but he's not hasn't been that level of shooter he's yet. He's not that level of shooter. He's he has a higher ceiling as an athlete if he gets in shape. You know, he's just he's a little more high energy. He had a putback dunk in New Orleans that most spates couldn't do in his dreams. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of interesting piece. Jacob Evans, the other option they picked up. Um, you've seen very little of him because we all have seen very little of him. He's uh, has kind of a boring game. Um, but he hit four threes against the Clippers, which it was like, wow. You know, he clearly had worked on the three enough to do that because in his rookie season, in its entirety, he only hit four threes. Do you think he'll ever be a useful every night rotation piece? I mean, maybe in the regular season he can be a throw him out there and don't kill you type. I don't think actually that he's quite good enough defensively to really... Which is supposed to be his skill, right? Right, yeah, but I think he's just not quite athletic enough you know there's a lot of guys who can like look pretty decent in college and then just aren't athletic enough to be defensive difference makers at the NBA level and if he's not really like oh man this guy's really good at defense as opposed to throw him out there and hopefully he doesn't kill us and like you know Kawhi doesn't hunt him on the switch immediately he, you he know probably would help this team because they need more like ah, eh, he's not hurting defensively even if he's not helping yeah, well, uh, but uh, as we're talking about yeah, again, the future of you know of what of what really matters. I mean, if I do, I have to guess whether Amari Spellman or Jacob Evans, both of whose options were picked up, are going to be solid contributors at a team with for a team with championship aspirations next year. I'd say no. That, that's probably that seems unlikely, and perhaps just uh, part of the reason why maybe I wouldn't have done that is it's just. You know, they're going to be in the tax. They're not going to want to just, like, have to pay these guys and not have them on the roster. They are now have guaranteed contracts. I mean, just having the roster spot for a team that could be good, I think you could get guys who might be bigger contributors, especially because I, I would expect next year with the rough free agent market, I mean, there are going to be free agents out there, and they're going to want to go to contenders, and there's not that much money among contenders. So there may be players available on the cheap. Once they're out of the hard cap, they can easy, more easily maneuver their way into stuff like that. If they, you know, they'll have money to pay. I mean, like Spellman, this would be is his third year option. I guess Evans too. It's like, yeah, that's like three million bucks or something. Like it's not. Two. It's about yeah. two for each. All right, so it's it's not. And also, like in terms of trading them, you can't. Like you need an exception or matching salary. You can't just trade them because they're a minimum. So I don't know. I probably would have not done it either way I mean I think for them just having this season and just being like oh we've got these two guys who like clearly aren't going to be a part of the future now it's like the optics of that aren't good it's not good for the locker room you want guys to feel invested but uh if it were me I probably would and I weren't concerned about the optics I probably would have declined both their options just because this team is supposed to contend next year and you can do better with those roster spots the question of the season maybe too beyond like hey you know is, is Pascal and uh Poole ready for primetime next season is what pick they're going to get. Uh, what pick do you think? I shouldn't say what pick because we don't know what the lo- how the lottery will bounce. Yeah, where, how, where will what, they finish? Yeah, what will their lottery odds be? Will they be the third worst team in the league? The seventh worst team? My, I'm guessing seven. I'm guessing seven. Right okay, now. well, so there's two parts of the season, right? So, first off, Steph, what do you think he comes back? Probably after the All-Star break? 
I could. I think he'll come back right around February 1st yeah. because the truth is this isn't a clay like, hey, you know, let's talk in February, but don't expect him to come back. This is a hand injury that historically is like eight, nine, ten weeks, and they're already throwing it 12 weeks into the future. He's going to be itching to come back. This is not – Steph is not a guy that is going to want to just sit there in a suit when he knows he can fully help the team. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the the issue is re-injury, that it has to be fully healed after the surgery. Like if someone slaps down on your hand that you don't break it again, that that appears to be the, 12 the issue. Uh, Woj was quite adamant that not only is it three months, it's a th- it is truly – is, is the word that he used a three to four month injury uh which uh, apparently noting that the, there might be an implication that tanking could be involved uh but uh, for me i think that I, i'm gonna guess it'll be after the all-star break just because of that i mean i see what you're saying about how oh, he can get into shape and stuff but all right so, so let's say it's you know february 1st whatever you want to say it is that's the 50th game yeah. of the season yeah so what is this team over a full season? What pace would you think they play at? The team we saw tonight. Yeah. Including no Looney. Not, I mean, Looney probably swings at two games, maybe. Yeah, but okay, but Draymond's going to miss some games, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Like, no doubt. Yeah, it's, I, mean, um, like, yeah. the, um, I actually think Looney would matter a lot defensively for these guys, frankly. But 23. 23-win team. Yeah. Well, and also here's – yeah, that's the thing. Like, Looney's only going to play 20 minutes a game. Like they're the, he's under contract for next year too. He's an important piece. Kerr said last year that you know he only kind of sees him as like a twenty-five minute game player. Now we kind of maybe found out why with this neuropathy issue. I don't know how much minutes contributes. Yeah, we need to answers that. on Looney before we start talking about yeah him playing again. Yeah, and I mean it wouldn't shock me if it's like all right now he's going to just rehab all season or something like that too. Like I mean you see him shooting around before the game, but he's not his activity level is not. There should high. be more answers on him by next week. I believe he's seeing specialists and getting all his testing this weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. I mean you should probably should just wait to see a specialist until he's had the issue for about three years. So. so. Nate Duncan with the dry sarcasm towards the Warriors. <laughs> Um, 23 win team from what we saw tonight, but you are correct in the fact that yeah. Steph Curry will very likely get a chunk of games in. Yeah. So, so, and then maybe he plays two thirds of the games the rest of the way, something like that. I mean, it, Steph you know, Curry. Let's say Steph Curry finishes. The, he plays 25 games this season, 30 games. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe in those games, you know, with Draymond maybe resting as well, he's a little rusty. I mean, that's another question too. I mean, it's only it was only four games, but Steph Curry didn't look like Steph Curry. Now, maybe that was just because the system really helped him. But, you know, when they didn't have anyone to play with last year, he was, you know, we put up 47 against the Raptors. Maybe it was just a cold start. He had a 40 in the preseason game against the Wolves. Like, yeah, you know, he could. I, he, I mean. He could have just hit a hot streak. You know, you know his three. The problem is he was like not. He was kind of missing like what to him you would consider open threes. Yeah. Um, and that's just him. You know, he can do that for six games and then suddenly he's 10 for. 14 yeah. for five straight games. For right. I mean, and, and you mentioned one thing is what, what pick they get. Another thing is, you know, how good are Steph, Clay, and Draymond next year? You know, I mean, that, are they really still, you know, three championship level players? Well, I mean, with players, James but... Wiseman running the pick and <laughs> yeah. roll. Um, yeah, that'll be that, it, It'll be fascinating to see what ends up happening. Will they keep the pick? Do they do they trade it? Do they package it, like, it with D'Angelo? Yeah, I mean, well, because it'll be a little similar to the situation LeBron's last year in Cleveland when it was like, hey, they got the eighth this, pick yeah, but yeah, but they're like, hey, trade this pick. Like, let's get good now 
And Joe Lacob's probably like, ah, you know, I might actually want to get, like, the next superstar instead. But, you know, it'll depend what the pick is. Obviously, They're not going to trade it during the season this year. Yeah, it'll also depend on who that pick plus who, you know, D'Angelo, let's say, could get. Now, you know, everyone's throwing Giannis out there. No, that you know, the Bucks are not going to trade Giannis, in my opinion. It's going to, it's, it reminds me a little of the Thunders last season where they were never going to trade Durant. Even if, yeah. you know, even if it was going to crash and burn, uh, they were going to go after their last shot to try to prove to him you can win here. Um, so, if it, to me, if it's an older star that fits the, or I shouldn't even say star, if it's an older contributor that fits the Draymond, Clay, Steph timeline. I don't think it's as smart. I think you, you know, depending on where the pick is, but I think they really need to try to find a younger star, potential star. Yeah, and, and that, uh, you know, that could keep them going for a long time, or it could be Steph, Clay, and Draymond's last year of being championship quality. They've got this rookie who isn't ready, and you know, so, so that could be a shoot. But mellow but, ball. Oh god, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like you know, what if the best player they get the number one pick and the best player is, you know, plays a point guard or something like that. Um, but back to your initial question, I think they win fewer than thirty games. I think that's that would be my guess. Especially there's just going to be this downward gravity to everything. I think fewer than thirty games would be a top five lottery yeah. odds. You know, again, that doesn't make yeah. a top five pick, especially with the flat. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be close. It'll be close to. It, I think. I mean, so like, what is this? This team is probably, I think it's pretty damn clear it's going to be a bottom 10 defense, especially, uh, and, you know, they're probably a bottom 10 offense. You know, they're probably the number 28. This is this team tonight is probably the number 28 defense. and 21st offense. Uh, yeah, you know, so, and, and you know. And it's, right, I mean, when, with D'Angelo on the floor, maybe they're, you know, 20th, 18th. With him off the floor, they are, you know, 29th. Are you besmirching Alec Burks' good name? I mean, that guy was ball. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're right, uh, which it would equate to the 26th best team in basketball, the fourth, fifth odds probably. Yeah. No, who I, I who definitively do you think is worse than them? That, that's the last question I want to ask you. Who? Like, oh, just in general? In the league. Yeah, some of the teams I thought were going to be really bad haven't been that bad yet. We're going to see one Saturday, tomorrow night, 20 hours from now. The yeah. Charlotte Hornets. Uh, yeah. Who's better, Hornets or Warriors? I think it might. I mean, the, Horn- the Hornets have been certainly been playing Can't better than the Warriors Can't believe we're having this conversation. So <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, but, I mean, you know, we'll see. Like, they've been shooting the lights out from three. We'll see whether that continues or not. Uh, I mean, I think they're they're probably pretty similar uh, at this point in time. Um you know, in theory, D'Angelo is the best offensive player on that group. Uh, but, I mean, Charlotte actually has, like, real shooters on the wing, which this team doesn't have either, right? I mean, I mean that's the scary thing tonight, too, is, like, the Warriors actually shot it well from three, and they still lost by 20. You yeah, know, like it's that, a problem. Um, Anyone so yeah, else Charlotte, top? Charlotte, Cleveland, New York, Phoenix is looking pretty good. Memphis, I mean, Charlotte, Cleveland, New York, Memphis, that's the tier I'm putting them in until Steph comes back. Sacramento? I think Sacramento will turn around. They beat the Jazz at home tonight. That's a good team. Oh, I, a good I think one. they'll they'll Sacramento. I think will get back to respectability. I think they'll be better than that group ultimately. I'm gonna rattle. I'm just gonna go down the West standings quickly. Yeah. Lakers better. Spurs. Uh, we learned tonight definitely better. Uh, I mean, do we really have to do this for like these these first no, ten teams? Minnesota. Yeah. Utah, Clippers, Denver, Portland, Dallas, Phoenix. We saw them smack them the other night. At this point, gotta yeah, say that. Uh, I mean, yeah, Phoenix is clearly a better basketball. Team. I mean, I mean, who's as good as Devin Booker on this team? Nobody, right? Like uh, offensively, 
Um, Houston. You know, I mean, Draymond on a playoff team, maybe, you know, is yeah. better. But on this team, he just, we see he just can't have the effect. Thunder. Smoked oh, them already. Yeah, yeah I mean, Thunder, and Thunder, they have a, they have a bad like a record. Plus but they're point differential. Right? Well, yeah, thank, thanks, thanks, thanks for the Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, right. Um, okay, New Orleans, who the Warriors actually beat. Yeah, but that was without Holiday yeah, Zion's 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 I mean, they just, they, they, I mean, you just look at the like they. Yes, I agree. The, New Orleans has like five of the six best players. Kings, know. we already both decided was better. Um, last one, Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's that's right there. I mean, I I would take Memphis to beat them right now. So I, I mean, I think that would make the yeah. Warriors the worst team in the Western Conference. As of right now, yeah. I mean, once Steph comes back, that's going to have a little bit of a different. Uh, different effect. I mean, maybe, you know, Looney I really think will actually make a difference. I mean, if you have Draymond and Looney out there at the same time that actually, you know, GR3 is okay defensively. Like, maybe you can be okay defensively with those two guys out there. Maybe Cauley Stein gets a little bit more into the system. Maybe they try doing some switching. They find something. I mean, generally, there's there's always going to be regression of the mean most of the time, you know, so you think maybe it won't be this bad. Maybe they'll figure some things out. Maybe some, some guys won't play. Maybe they'll just you know, they tried some zone today against the Spurs, which actually was an interesting idea because the Spurs don't shoot that many threes. But uh, then Patty Mills uh, got started, and that was that. <laughs> well, once again, another bright, beautiful episode of the Warriors All-82 Podcast. I know hey. all you fans out there are just super excited for uh, the remaining 70-plus games. Well, I, the, the good news is, Slater, I'm, I'll be available anytime. Even though the Warriors aren't any good anymore, I follow all – all 30 NBA teams are my children. I, I love them all equally. <laughs> Pump your new podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Athletics, John Hollinger, the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. John, if you don't know him, is the godfather of NBA analytics. Also worked in the Grizzlies front office doing a lot of scouting and cap stuff. So once a week we go behind the curtain of John's experience in Memphis, talk about whatever's going on. In the league, we're going to hit on the, the futures of the Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic, where John's spending some time this week. Uh, that, that's Slater's uh, favorite franchise, by the way, the Orlando Magic. The, the new franchise I use is the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, um, yes. So I don't think I'm going to podcast after the Hornets game. I think I'm going to allow this longer podcast uh, that was wider scope to take – Everybody through the weekend. Unless, you know, maybe if something crazy happens Saturday night. But uh, other than that. You mean like them winning? It, they're one-point favorites, I saw. Slight Ooh, favorites over yeah, the Hornets. That's, uh, that, that's, I think I probably would favor the Hornets in that game, i got to say. I mean, just the way they're playing. I mean, the Hornets won. They won at the Kings. Kings oh, are that's another the Warriors. Story. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I will talk to you at some point soon. <laughs>